You're listening to the NCG Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to our preview of the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. If you're watching on vodcast or listening via podcast, hopefully over the coming weeks and months, we can mark your card as we look in detail at the biggest tournaments on the European and PGA Tours. We'll try and point you in the right direction and we'll bring in a few special guests along the way to give you the best of their experience. As always, if you're having a flutter, please remember to gamble responsibly. And now let me introduce our form expert, the man who finds the winners for us every week on nationalclubgolfer.com, Barry Plummer. Barry, welcome. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, mate. It feels ages, doesn't it, um, since we were last in European Tour action when Matt Fitzpatrick won the DP World Tour Championship in December. Obviously in lockdown now in Blighty, but it's a Rolex event kicking off the year in the Middle East. And with the cash down, it's clearly attracted a decent field. Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas head the markets for an event that was won so memorably by Lee Westwood 12 months ago. Tommy Fleetwood and Tyrrell Hatton are also joined by the likes of Fitzpatrick and Justin Rose. And that means it's bound to be a lively renewal on the national course at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club. A few words on the course, Barry, before we get into your principal selections. What does it take to play well here? Well, as you'd expect, it's a relatively flat, exposed desert track, uh, 7,583 yards, so relatively um, simple length for most PGA and European Tour golfers. Uh, as you said, won by Lee Westwood last year, and it feels like we've gone a little bit full circle, really, with, with that start to the year, and then him at the end of the year coming around to being the European Tour number one. Um, there is some sort of uh, gnarly rough, I suppose, off the uh, offline if you're not uh, too accurate off the tee, but... Those players who find the fairway shouldn't find this too much of a challenge. What are your thoughts on, on, on Rory and JT? I mean, obviously, Rory didn't seem to take to the COVID bubble golf last year. And, and JT clearly arrives with a row over his comments made at the Tournament of Champions still ranging. So how do you think some of the principals in the market are going to get on? Yeah, I mean, with, with all Rolex events, you're sort of looking at that top end of the market, aren't you? You're looking at players that are, you know, towards that end. And, and Rory, obviously, and, and JT would have come into everybody's considerations when you're looking at who to pick for this event. But I mean, Rory, like you said, had a bit of an up and down year last year, most mostly uh, struggling, as you said, through the COVID bubble. And JT, I think at the moment is, uh, you know, maybe got his mind elsewhere where you'd want him to be focusing on uh, on his golf. So um, for me, I, I'm looking slightly further past the, the principles in the market uh, for this event. I think there's some good value between sort of the 28 to one to sort of 60 to one um, players in the market. Well, let's let's start then. We're looking at some of your principles because I think that everyone um, now that you've now that you've dissed the chances of Rory and JT and, and Fitzpatrick and all, I think everyone's really looking forward to see who you've got. So I think you've got five selections for us this week. Who's the first? Yeah, so open up with Christian Bazade now. Uh, obviously, had two really good back-to-back -back wins in South Africa at the end of 2020. Uh, finished off the year at 14th at the DP World Championships. Has some interesting form on sort of correlating courses. Second at the um, Dubai Desert Creek and second at another Haridine uh, design course in Qatar at the Qatar Masters in 2019. Um, 
fits the style of this course as you'd want a really good approach player was 70% plus greens in regulation at both his wins in South Africa so yeah for me I think at 28 to 1 I think he's gonna have a really strong year this year and I think it could be worth being on him from the start. Is desert form something that's important as we as we go into this swing I mean are, are we looking at decent performances this week to lead on into next week as well. I mean, it, players who tend to play well around this region, do they sort of come up on the radar again and again? Yeah, I think so. I think you're looking at players um, who have played a lot, a lot of desert golf before, but also have had some, some good performances there because ultimately you see the sort of same players popping up on those courses uh, time and time again, one of which I'll speak about later on with Mike Lorenzo Vera. So players who, you know, who have that experience of playing on desert courses, but also uh, recent desert course form. Uh, we had quite a few events in uh, Dubai towards the end of the season. So that's all important as well. So that's your first selection, Barry. Who's up next for us? Uh, second up, we've got Bernd Wiesberger, uh, 35 to 1. Uh, Bernd had a, another, you know, OK year. Uh, he's won seven times on the European Tour before. Uh, he had a little uh, spell over on the PGA Tour this year where he got a fourth place finish at the RSM Classic just before Christmas. Um, you know, he's got some, some good desert form as well. He's finished 13th at, 13th at Qatar previously, as I mentioned, that Haridine design course. Uh, and he actually finished off uh, eighth in this event last year. So I think all of that's relevant um, towards his selection for this event. He's another player who's got really strong approach play. Uh, he was 21st four greens in regulations at the DP World Tour uh, just before Christmas. And as I said earlier on, that, that fourth place at the RSM um, was down to the fact that he had really strong approach play, ranking 15th in the field um, for greens in regulations. So I think if he can carry that on into uh, this first event of the season on the European Tour, um, he, he should have a good chance at what is, I think, quite a reasonable price for Beesberger. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to go too far back, do you, with, with, with Burnt? Because obviously he had... Um... He had a niggling injury, didn't he, that, um, that sort of affected his form for quite a long time. And, and once he got over that, we, we sort of saw him return to the levels that we expected pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and he's one of those players who, you know, he's sort of a consistent, isn't he, really? Very, he's not someone who fluctuates massively. He has an OK week most weeks and some weeks he turns it on and gets quite close. And like I said, since that injury and especially last season, he seems to have increase that consistency and that's why I feel more comfortable uh, putting him up as one of my sort of main selections this week. And a relatively recent European Tour winner up for you next. Yeah Andy Sullivan I think this is uh, one of my my favourite uh, out of the five. He's uh, obviously got his, his win last year at the English Championship um, which was his first win for a little while. Um, he has had two back-to-back -back top tens in Dubai just before Christmas. One of those was second place runner-up at the Golfing Dubai Championship the new event um, and he just looks to be, you know, playing the golf of his life, really. He finished first in stroke average out of all the players on the European Tour last season. He finished second for strokes grain approach. He finished fifth for greens and regulation. So, again, he suits this, this course and what it takes to win based on, you know, evidence of previous winners. Five of the last eight winners here have been in the top five, top 15 for greens and regulation. So, you know, all of those, those figures seem to match up for me. And when you look at his correlating course form and the fact that he was 21st in Qatar, in 2020 uh, and he finished 21st in this event uh, last year I think he's got a great chance and I was really surprised to see him at uh, that sort of price. 
Yeah, good to see him uh, back in form. Obviously, one of the great characters on the European tour. Next up is a guy that I still can't believe hasn't won on the European tour yet. He seems to be regularly uh, up and around at the leaderboards, but still yet to get his nose in front. Yeah, I mean, he had a quiet year last year. Mike Lorenzo Vera, uh, 60 to 1. He had a quiet year last year because he was uh, he had 10 starts on the European Tour. Two of those um, came to top 10 finishes, one of which was a runner-up finish in Dubai just before Christmas in his last start. Uh, he's, he's got form all over the place in, in these types of events in this part of the world, and it seems that he really likes to play there. He's got a third at the DP World Tour Championships in 2019. His last three visits to that Haridine course in Qatar at the Doha Golf Club, um, he's, he's had three top 10s in his last three visits. So, I mean, he's one of those players who, who I, again, feel quite comfortable putting up because one of the other key things you need to be able to do here to win is putt well. And six of the last um, eight winners have, have been in the top 15 for putts per green in regulation. So when you look at him in his last event for Christmas, having finished first in strokes game putting, uh, it, it gives you more confidence. And each way bet, um, that seems like quite a reasonable price to have a little each way flutter on him. Who's rounding off the field for you this week, Barry? Uh, finally, I've got one of the, the youngsters. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic career on the European Tour and, and probably not far away from his, his first win. It's Adrian Aus, uh, 70 to 1. Um, he's had a brilliant year last year on the European Tour. Three top 10s in his last five starts before Christmas. Uh, and I think, interestingly, uh, he won his only Challenge Tour title, which was the Challenge Tour Grand Final uh, at Haridine Design Course. Um, in this part of the world so you know he's proven that he can win here even though not on on uh, the level of the European tour just yet uh, he finished 10th at the DP uh, and his performance was was great he, he, he had a bit of a poor final round but ultimately was still in the top 15 for strokes gained approach and the top 15 for putts per green and regulation and as we've mentioned previously that those are, are stats that are going to put you close to, to winning this event if you look at historical data from the last sort of seven or eight run-ins of this event um, he was 22nd here last season so he's played the course before he knows what to expect uh, and he's also got some correlating course form on those two courses I've mentioned previously the Emirates Dubai um, and the Doha Golf Club in Qatar so for me at 70 to 1 again I think he's a uh, really good value So of that quintet of players then uh, who is Barry's banker this week I'm going to love saying that every week and not just <laughs> a bit of alliteration in there who is Barry's banker for the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship I think if you weigh up performances last year um, and Hanny's price as well I think it's got to be Andy Sullivan for me at 40 to 1 Really great to have you with us, Barry. Thanks for joining us this week. Look forward uh, to going through the form with you each week on the European Tour and PGA Tours. Remember, you can read Barry's columns uh, every Monday and Tuesday on nationalclubgolfer.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Yeah.